Welcome to the Plan for Special Needs Trusts podcast, presented by PLAN, the Planned Lifetime Assistance Network of Massachusetts and Rhode Island. Our plan is your plan, and I'm your host, Jordan Rich. Today, we welcome another partner of PLAN, our friends from the Carroll Center for the Blind, located in Newton, Massachusetts. With me is Greg Donnelly, the president and CEO, and we're going to be focusing on the Carroll Center and the amazing array of services it provides to children, teens, adults, seniors, businesses, and professionals. The organization has a very proud history, dating back to its founder and namesake, Father Carroll. From assistive technology services and the Carroll Kids Summer Program to employment training and support, a variety of community programs, rehabilitation, help with independent living, and yes, adaptive recreation programs that are so exciting. Carroll Center has a well-deserved national reputation for excellence. Plan of Massachusetts in Rhode Island is proud to work closely with Greg Donnelly and everyone at the Carroll Center, helping their clients when we can. So, Greg, I know how proud you are of the work done at the Carroll Center. Share with us a bit about the mission. Well, the Carroll Center is a very special place. It was founded in 1936, uh, widely renowned for serving blinded veterans coming home from World War II. And then uh, Father Thomas Carroll um, was able to get the government support to allow the Carroll Center to grow into the first blind rehabilitation center residentially uh, for blind civilians in the country. And it's evolved since then to serve all ages in all stages of vision loss. You you said it very nonchalantly because you're a modest guy, but it is an amazing history. I was reading it just on the website. Father Carroll himself was a pioneering uh, gentleman and lived a life that was so impressive, almost needs a movie made about him. Tell me more about him. So, you know, he was, uh, again, a special man uh, offering himself in services to those most in need, dedicated himself um, to, to learning all the ins and outs of serving the blind and vision impaired. He innovated with those learnings. He innovated a lot of services early on, uh, including orientation and mobility and um, with special programming such as manual arts and fencing. I was just about to ask you about that. It's it's in the 40s, I think, when he did that. And you see visually impaired people fencing, and I would not want to take any of them on. <laughs> right. It's, you know, I said the same thing when yeah. I joined the Carroll Center. You know, how does this work? Why is this program here? And, and it's with fencing – uh, provides uh, movement, balance, uh, spatial uh, understanding, and often the blind and vision impaired also need forms of exercise and get up and move and and really engage with peers to do joint activities, and fencing mm-hmm. is one of them. Well, uh, the history continues. We don't have time to go through it, but if people want to read about it, it's beautifully encapsulated on the website. But he passed away in, I think, 1971, leaving a huge chasm because he was such a powerful force. But the, since then, things have happened for the better, and people have come along like yourself. So talk about what the Carroll Center provides today. So uh, we have a long history with outstanding vision professionals. Uh, Bob McGilvery is our low vision director. He's been at the Carroll Center for over 50 years. Mm -hmm. And our chief program officer, Dina Rosenbaum, for over 35 years. So they have brought much history with them. And at the same time, we've changed the way that we provide services. 
with new state-of-the-art technologies ever-evolving. Um, we use those technologies both on campus, in the classrooms with our young students, in the workplace with individuals uh, gaining their first job or regaining access to employment after losing their vision. Mm. So we evolve uh, with our clients wherever they are, wherever they need to be served, and at all ages. Right, right. It's a full-person approach, which is why we're thrilled, as I represent Plan of Mass in Rhode Island, we're thrilled to welcome you here. And just briefly, let's talk about the association and the relationship you have with Plan. Absolutely. Thank you, Jordan. Uh, we have a wonderful relationship with the plan. The plan is a organization, nonprofit, very well regarded, uh, providing special needs trust for individuals with disabilities. We have very similar missions uh, in and around independence. How do we help individuals become independent? whether it's financial independence through the plan and through these special needs trusts, or whether it's building independence uh, through learning essential skills uh, mm -hmm. that we offer at the Carroll Center. And we also both work to improve the quality of life of the individual as a whole, mm -hmm. uh, young and old. And this is very important to both organizations. So the partnership was a very easy one for the yeah, well, we're, we're very happy to have you here to, to talk about you as one of the partners. Now, Greg, uh, we've all been experiencing something that we never thought we would in our lifetimes, but it came anyway, the pandemic. You and your team were considered essential because of the closeness and, and the importance of the work you're doing. But the impact of the pandemic on your community, tell us a bit about that. Yes, uh, it was very difficult and quick. The impact on our community you know, was large because our community, young and old, of individuals losing their sight or that are blind um, is very traumatic. Social isolation is often more uh, disabling than vision loss itself. And in this pandemic, uh, we, we saw a lot of that. And it was tough to stay as connected as we had previously, but we quickly did move to remote training, hybrid training, face-to-face. Uh, -face. Uh, we lost one summer of serving uh, children and teens residentially over the summer with our, our summer camp. But we quickly evolved, and this past summer we served over 60 children and teens uh, residentially. Yeah, and you were telling me, too, that uh, you and your staff and colleagues were uh, vaccinated in the earliest round because you're helping people one-to-one, -one and social distancing is not convenient in, in this case. That's correct. As convenient. That is correct. Yeah. Many of us are, have already gotten our booster shots, so we're well into the vaccination. It, it's just the amount of individuals being served from children, teens, and adults. The adult program runs September through June in the children and teens program all summer long and weekend activities. But we've had uh, unbelievable uh, safety and health history throughout this pandemic, right. keeping everyone safe. The Carroll Center, which is located in Newton, Mass., which is just outside of Boston, is actually internationally renowned. And it's it's been a model for other similar centers around the world and around the country. How do people young or old or in between, how do they uh, get to take advantage of the services? Is there an application process? How does that work? There is an application process, uh, which which is an easy one. But, you know, typically they are referred through the government, wherever mm -hmm. they're coming from, the states, state referrals. 
referral agencies, Massachusetts, that would be the Massachusetts Commission for the Blind. And many doctor's offices uh, will register their patients once they go legally blind. It's, it's a law in Massachusetts that they register their patients. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, that's when some of them lose their license. And But they need the supports that are in place. And Massachusetts is a very progressive state in serving individuals with disabilities. And uh, the Carroll Center serves individuals that are blind and vision impaired, but these individuals often come with additional disabilities, whether it's MS, diabetes, uh, cerebral palsy, uh, physical, cognitive, intellectual, hearing loss. Mm-hmm. So we can really see a, a large you know, number of disabilities Above and beyond blindness. I'm glad you mentioned the loss of the license because that suggests, you know, people are living a lot longer, thank goodness. And it also means with macular degeneration and all the other issues, there are people who are sighted most of their lives and start to lose their sight. We, we sometimes forget about those people. They're newly vision impaired, right? And they're, is, they're an important population. That is correct. And, and the large majority of our clients at the Carroll Center for the Blind are newly blind or transitioning to blindness. I would say less than 10% Hmm. of individuals we serve routinely are blind since birth, but we certainly do serve those individuals as well. Technology is playing a part in all of our lives, and I know it because I have friends who employ it, but I know that it's involved very much in the work you're doing. Can you give us an example of how technology has advanced? Sure. Even with orientation and mobility, when you think of an individual learning to use the white cane Mm -hmm. to travel and navigate safely, well, now smartphones have GPS devices in them and on them. Um, And there's different accessibility features on our smartphones and in the assistive technologies on computers where these individuals can really take advantage of those technologies to improve safety to improve access to to learning and education. And um, that accessibility is is very important. I remember meeting Ray Kurzweil, interviewing him about 25 years ago, and he was just developing scanners, ways to read, putting the print on a screen, and then magically appears in audio format. And we all thought science fiction, but that's the kind of stuff that's helping people today. Absolutely. 20% of the Carroll Center's employees are blind or vision impaired. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're incredible, uh, top-notch employees, uh, certainly far superior using technology than myself and many of my other team members uh, (laughs) that do have the luxury of sight. I know the feeling. So it is important for us to get the word out, though, that, you know, individuals that are blind or vision impaired have full capabilities, if not more, to be successful in the workplace, to transition off to college or the next grade. It's an absolute important message to be said over and over again that people can overcome whatever uh, obstacles are in their place. And I know personally, as a radio guy, having met on the air a slew of blind or visually impaired people, they use radio as a connector and they are some of the sharpest, most interesting, urbane people I know. Yes, yes. They uh, love to engage and talk and, and learn from one another. The, the, the peer learning that happens at the Carroll Center, uh, whether residentially or day programming or the camps, is, is a tremendously impactful part of our um, services. 
access to to new friendships and networks that we all you know often take for granted sometimes is so critically important that brings up a an important point and i'll have you address it the need for two things funding and volunteers why don't we start with volunteers because i know that people can step up and help out Absolutely. So volunteers are very special to our organization. They have been uh, for a very long time. Uh, Volunteers can come to our center and participate uh, and assist with programming. They can assist uh, with with, uh, readings of mailings that come in for some individuals that are blind or vision impaired at the center. They can assist with summer camps and programming. So really, we're seven days a week, 24-7 organization uh, that offers a very large scope of volunteer opportunities. And we have a beautiful 3.7-acre campus in Newton, and we just had some recent volunteers in helping – beautify our campus even more. Well, the need is great. And I know that your job as CEO and president is multifaceted. But one of the things you're concerned with is making sure there's enough money to run these things efficiently. So how goes the funding drive? And uh, what are some of the ways you're you're trying to build up resources? Typically, uh, that's a great question. Typically, each year, we have to raise uh, a minimum of $1.2 million to break even. And that's to, that's the gap between federal and state funding uh, to provide the services at the level that we do. And so, as I said before, our services go well beyond our campus in Newton. Uh, we can go anywhere in the state, into schools, into the workplace, the community, senior centers. So we really eliminate any barriers of access because, you know, our Clients can come to us and we can go to them. And sometimes that's costly. Again, I come back to the history, Greg, reading about it in the early days, uh, just a few people, Father Carroll and others, just deciding to try to help and how it just grew and grew and continues to grow despite challenges, whether it be budget, whether it be pandemic, you soldier on. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. In the growing need, you know, you hit it right on the head. There's a growing need. You know, uh, individuals are living longer. So with age, uh, vision loss continues to happen. But uh, we see vision loss happen in other areas beyond medical eye disease as well. Car accidents, a heart attack or stroke where Mm. someone loses oxygen to the optic nerve. We've had young clients hit by a stray bullet walking Mm. to school. And one minute you're, you know, just a vibrant young kid ready to graduate. And the next minute you're you're blind due to Mm. unfortunate circumstances like that. So um, we do often take our eyesight for granted. It's so fragile. And um, our center, you know, serves all individuals coming in in a fragile state when they lose their blind their sight so quickly. One fun thing, I say fun because looking at it from the outside in, is the golf. Let's talk about the golf. Abs- absolutely. And we had a former board member uh, who was a blind golfer. His name was Bill McMahon. And uh, we tried to you know, adapt all activities, whether it's golf or whether it's baseball with beatball and soccer, Um, you know, blind individuals and individuals with vision loss, you know, 
not only have the full capabilities of, of work and academics, also recreation. Blind sailing is a big component of the Carroll Center. That's another one. They've been steady for decades, some of these programs. Yes. And, you know, that recreational activity also yeah. gives, you know, time to have fun, smile, sense the wind and, and use all senses that you have capable of using and trying something new. It builds confidence. It builds pathways to other areas of your life, whether it's a you meet someone sailing that is a business owner that mm. could use special help mm-hmm. um, and assistance. So having those recreational opportunities also opens up doors and empowers the individual to be able to conquer the world. And is part of your mission to to expand and be creative because people come to you and say, hey, you know, I've, I've noticed you haven't done anything regarding billiards. I'm just throwing that out. Sure. Is that something that it must be the fun part of the job to, to try to tackle a new challenge like that? Yes. We are always stretching ourselves. Yeah. Stretch goals we talk about often at the Carroll Center. And, you know, to be innovative with programming is one of the things that we're known for. So we just started, for an example, a user testing job skills training program. Hmm. That's around accessibility. So websites need to be accessible to individuals with disabilities. Um, If someone's uh, going to a Red Sox game, they need to be able to go online and buy a ticket, just like anyone else can. And so we work with companies, uh, businesses, organizations across all business sectors, whether it's major league sports or healthcare or e-commerce and retail, banking, you know, all of those businesses have digital environments, whether it's mobile products or websites, uh, supermarkets, where people can shop online during the pandemic. This mm. was very, very oh, important. Of course. And we provide those services from a user end. And now we're training our clients to to either start their own careers as user testers in their own uh, entrepreneurial way in their own business or work for a tech company and web developers that do this work for other organizations that I mentioned. That is quite awesome. And I congratulate you and all of your colleagues for taking that extra step and stretching. And uh, before we wrap up, again, the folks at Plan of Massachusetts and Rhode Island are very excited about working with organizations like yours because obviously that's where the needs are and that's where the people are. But it's been a great, uh, great arrangement. It's been a great partnership. I have, I'm so grateful for the work that we have done together to get the word out of our services and Plan of Mass and Rhode Island's services is so critically important. And when you can partner to make a difference in an individual's life, uh, a family's life, all of the family is involved in this journey. It's a special thing when two nonprofit organizations can come together and have even a greater impact. Well said. Father Carroll would be very proud, I think, of all that's gone on uh, with what you just said and everything we've talked about today. So the best way for people to find out more is simply C-A-R-R-O-L-L.org, carroll.org. That is correct. All right. And tell everybody exactly where your campus is. 
So we are located at 770 Center Street in Newton, Massachusetts, and it's a beautiful campus that's surrounded uh, well, right next to Mount Alvernia High School across the street from Newton Country Day High School, right up the street from uh, Boston College Law School. So a lot of people drive by our campus and see our sign and often wonder, what happens up there? Greg, can't thank you enough for taking time. I know you're very busy and uh, we really appreciate it and wish everybody at the Carroll Center good luck going forward. Thank you so much and be well. We want to thank you for listening to the Plan for Special Needs Trusts podcast, presented by PLAN, the Planned Lifetime Assistance Network of Massachusetts and Rhode Island. PLAN is a 501c3 nonprofit company where the goal for every one of its clients is always to preserve assets, protect benefits, and live well. For more, visit www.planofma-ri.org. We invite you to subscribe, download, rate, and review this podcast. And thank you for sharing it with others. Our plan is your plan.